from Keith's new apartment. It is episode six of Low Key. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron. Uh, as you mentioned, one of your other co-hosts is Keith. And third, we have Mr. Tim Malloy. Yeah. Only I have a last name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Aaron Lanson, Keith Damien. Yeah, what am I doing? <laughs> How's it going? Oh, amazing. You Let's know, act like we have been talking for an hour. Another bumblegum news going on today, Juneteenth. Everything is just rainbows outside. Rainbows. Nothing bad is happening on Earth at all. Oh, uh, okay. What reality you live in? Um, the, top, the top story is children being put in cages. We're arguing over whether they're actually cages, whether they're really being put in cages or caged areas, whether they're just being separated from their families and not put in cages. Right. Is it a mental cage? Is it a physical cage? <laughs> um, how big is the cage? Cagery seems like a choice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, let's be real. Is if you want to loop? be out the cage, you can let yourself out the cage, right? Is that is that the argument? No. Is it <laughs> is it Luke Cage? Is he? I mean, they walked into the cage. So what are they complaining about? Is that the argument? Uh, I'm against any any version of caging, any of it. Just want to be on the record. Well, I disagree because I don't know how you keep your catfish intact if you don't have a cage. I prefer cage-free eggs, cage-free I mean, chickens. I don't taste the difference. <laughs> I was dating somebody once, and... I got the cage-free eggs, and then she's like, I'll just get the regular age eggs. And they're like, well, it's only 25 cents. And she's like, no, it's okay. Go with the cage eggs. And I was like, no, this isn't going to work. <laughs> you got to pay the 25 If eggs. they offer you the cage-free eggs for 25 cents, get the cage-free eggs. Exactly. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> she wasn't even paying. I was paying. <laughs> and she's like, no, 25 cents? Mm-mm. Take so these eggs. <laughs> anyway. oh, God, like that. It's like I don't know if she was just being a jerk, or she's that cheap, or what. That's amazing. I wonder. It's weird. Now, now I'm wondering. Does anybody know what we're talking about about this cage now? You know we, what? We just went I think into it's the cage. Fine to leave cage. it alone. I think it's totally fine. Mm. Like I said, it's all sunshine and rainbows, man. It's all good. So I even sweat it. Also, this uh, episode is going to be brought to you by um, some version of alcohol. Yeah, don't, don't, don't. See, so you be giving free advertising. Right? No, nah, I said some version of alcohol. We just looking for a sponsor down the road. We ain't got to go there. In fact, I'm willing to be open to gambling sponsors, weed sponsors. Who else do y'all want to get sponsored by? Sock sponsors, tie sponsors. Who else? Hey. And if you're from a uh, clean living site of some kind, if you're like a cage-free egg kind of guy, I've been alcohol everything free for like six years. So Hello. we got all the bases covered. Everything yes. covered. He's the man with a strong will. We're not there yet. <laughs> One day. We, we will get to that. Speaking of strong wills, uh, today we're going to be discussing rap beef. And yeah. 
And how that distorts what we expect from uh, hip hop in the pop culture era, which uh, is really interesting. Um, it's been fun to kind of let it marinate for a minute. Uh, today we're going to be discussing in particular what went down between Pusha T and Drake, uh, as we have seen. And we had talked about this when we still were, you know, uh, first having it happen. It was this really exciting moment. Uh, it still would have been going, and then. Days later, we would have hit the reality that Jay Prince was going to step in and stop the beef, which is also fascinating because that is really rare as well to have an outside figure uh, be present to keep it from going down. So uh, with that in mind, um, I guess we should set the scene for how it went down. So um, for those of y'all who were uninformed previously about this, uh, Pusha T put out an album. And what was that? About six weeks ago, something like that. Uh, May 29th, May thirtieth, whereabouts is when this beef starts. Oh my god! It starts with uh, it starts with Pusha T coming up with an insult. It's like it's like if Drake was running for president in eighteen seventy eight. He accused Drake of having an illegitimate child, and everybody was like, "Wow, that's an unusually harsh diss." Like he well, really well, he researched that. Remember, huh? it started with infrared. Which was okay. last song on Pusha T's album? So apparently, uh, Drake came out with a diss back in less than twenty four hours, and the rumor is he had the reference track to the uh, song Infrared, so he was ready. He puts out okay. a response, and then actually a day later, he puts out a, call, a song called "I'm Upset." And <laughs> in this song, among the things that he uh, complains about is some sort of payment to a woman at the amount of like 50 bucks monthly. Now, nobody knew what the hell he was talking about. Seemed a little weird. Uh, I mean, there's another thing he, he complains about that he's so mad about. But he keeps bringing up these payments to this woman. And maybe three days later, the story of Adnan, which is what Tim was just bringing up, is released. And among the things that comes up is he says, you are hiding a child. Hmm. Um, your fr- one of your friends is dying of MS, which is like, wow, that's harsh. And he released a picture of Drake in blackface. And which did he also like, say his daddy was a, a deadbeat? Oh, his father was a deadbeat who ran off and, you know, wasn't really involved in his life early on. Our um, lawyers have asked me to specify that all of these are accusations. The dead proven In a court of law, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm being, I'm, I'm saying deadbeat. Somewhat facetiously, but we do know the father wasn't always a part of his life early on. So, um, and when say hiding a child, um, apparently there was a woman uh, whose former occupation, maybe current occupation as well, I don't really know. Um, she was a porn actress. She, I don't she porn still actresses. is a porn actress. Uh, whatever. For the record, she still is a porn actress. Okay, she, cool. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I did, I did look up some videos of her. Like just just for the podcast to to verify. Yeah, that I'm sure she's a talented actress. She, Drake, she good know, at what she do. Um, and look, it's a hard job. I mean, some people can't do it well. I anyway, can do it. So on the Instagram, as as this 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 story had to come out, her Instagram was still public. Now in that public profile, which I still have pictures of, and you know, uh, like with screenshots, I should say when it was still public. Uh-huh. Uh, you can't see the child's face. It seemed like they had some kind of agreement that she could have pictures with the child, but like obscuring his face. 
And then, like, maybe an hour or two hours after the story, Adnan came out. That whole profile was private. Mm. See none of it now. So, I mean, though, it, it seems like there was some to what was being said. No one's denied that um, that was a child. And there's also the thing where apparently, I forgot exactly how this is set up, but Drake had some sort of deal with Adidas where uh, it was tied to his son's name. And, like, the the deal he had with Adidas, whatever merchandising there was, was supposed to be tied to his son. Now, how true any all of that part is, I don't know. That's all alleged as well. Um, but between the blackface that he had on, the, um, you know, child that he was kind of keep trying to keep under wraps, and uh, the conclusion of the rap beef, which is that Jay Prince stepped in. Somebody who is a legend in the industry, in particular that genre, stepped in and said that this beef is over. Drake had a diss ready, but he was not going to release it because it was destroyed the careers of Kanye, who produced the record uh, that Pusha T used to diss Drake, and it would destroy Pusha T's career. He said, we're not going to release it. It's going to destroy lives. And so we're going to leave it at that because we got to keep the money train rolling. It's going to destroy <laughs> lives. It was that bad. <laughs> That's what he said. Look, he said, Drake, has, Drake has a song that is so good it can destroy lives, and he's not going to release Man, it. Man, that's some cold. That's a diss in itself. <laughs> that's the biggest allegation so far. Because if I was pushing T, I'd be like, "Bring that motherfucker out! I want to hear that. I want to hear ruin lives." This right? That's what I want to hear. What? Destroy I'm, my life. Do it. Yeah, destroy yeah. my life. What does that look like? <laughs> but that's what made it such a um, man. How do I say it in the way? FML. <laughs> that's what made it such a punk move. I say punk move. Uh, for you to say you the top dude in the game, and then when it come down to it, you gonna let somebody else step in and be your your shield. Um, but you supposedly got some out that's so so heinous, it would destroy lives. You know, careers. I don't know. I don't know. I, I listened to the console of Jay Prince, though. He's like, he like a, a hood-ass Game of Thrones character. You know what I's saying? <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that been in the game a long time and knows how to play the game. So, yeah, I don't want to get into Jay Prince allegations because I don't feel like hearing nobody knock on my front door. No, no, I ain't saying nothing about him now. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. <laughs> if, he, if he talk, I'm going to listen. You know? I mean, sure. But but I think it's fair to say that Drake could have easily come out and just said, you know what? He I mean, why couldn't Drake why Jay Prince had to be the one? Why can't Drake come out and say that? I mean, we know why yeah, Drake Yeah, because it'd be you know nah, that wouldn't that wouldn't have the same validity to it. It's Jay it's worse for Jay Prince to say it. It just is. Like, if you're saying, you know what, this guy's so personal that I feel like it's not worth it for this to go further. I mean, people's, people make those decisions all the time, and that's fair. But to let another man say it for you, no matter how legendary he is, is going to stain your reputation going forward. Now, again, with this being – this kind of is interesting because hip-hop, you know, is currently in this mode of just being primarily a, a pop genre. And Drake – for most people, would be considered a pop artist. Like he's not a tough dude, you know. One would say he's not a, um, you know, somebody who 
I mean, now he did go with Meek Mill, but I mean, again, that's that's kind of its own thing. It's something different. And Drake always tries to punch down when it comes to rap beefs. Like he's never like this dude's on my level, therefore I'm gonna come at him. He always punches down, and that's what makes it kind of annoying when he gets into these things because he's cocky about it. But he's cocky about it because you know he feel like the dude he's going against, like if we were talking boxing, don't have a reach for him. So. You know, to see a guy like him, who is primarily a pop artist, jump into this beef, not be ready for it when there's a guy like Pusha T who's, you know, got bars for days, who actually did some research on him and was able to embarrass him and not have any other way to come back. You know, I mean, that that just, I don't know. It, it was disappointing. Well, like, what's the, what's the possible upside for Drake? You know, like, if he, like, totally dispatches Pusher T. What did he do? Like, who is Pusher T compared to Drake? Drake is like the biggest rapper alive. Yeah, so... Whether you like him or not, skill skill level, whether or not you think he's the best, he's the biggest, like, in terms of sales, right? Uh-huh. So, what does he have to benefit? So, I think he should ask himself that before he responded. <laughs> once, I mean, that's the thing. Once you do... It's double dutch. You jumped in. Yeah. Once you jump in, I mean, you decided you were going to let things do what they do. So. Trying to be Billy Badass. Yeah, I mean, so, you open yourself up to that. So if you throw, a, if somebody throw a punch, you know, in, in this sense, in, in, in beefs that could, you know, perpetuate themselves into whatever, like, you got to make a decision. Like, I mean, that's what I mean by punching down. Though. Like, he doesn't get into these things just for the fun or the battle. And so, like, he's doing it because he thinks it's another win. He can, another notch he can easily put on his belt. And I think this demonstrates that, like, you know, the child thing is dirty, right? I think you could say if we were going into, like, a fight for beef. But that's what beefs are. Like, Beefs are dirty. There, there's not a rap beef you really could go back to and say, oh, they were just playing clean. They were just throwing jabs at each other. I mean, there's you know, if you're going to have that kind of fun, you do it in a song together. <laughs> you know, that's different. But but he doesn't like, Pusha T doesn't like what Drake represents. Like, he, right. he's a poet. He feels like he, he, he drapes himself, Drake drapes himself in blackness as it's convenient, and he felt like that blackface was, uh, that picture of him in blackface was an example of that. But does but does Drake really drape himself in blackness in any kind of way, really? Well, I'm trying to think about that for a second. So, I mean, Drake, Drake is born who he is. Yeah, like he, I, feel like I'm def- I feel like I'm defending Drake who like, I don't even really like. But no, he's, so he's, I mean, born. Yeah, he's born who he is, but like what, what, and what, so, I mean, are you, when I say he drapes himself in, in blackness, like, do you think I'm saying like, he shouldn't be called himself a black man? Is that, no, is that saying, what that's coming? I'm saying that, yeah. I'm saying like he, Drake is just Drake. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not a, he doesn't even talk about being black. Let me, let me give you an example, no, right? Nor have I even heard him in his rap talk much about being mixed. Let me give you a different example. Kendrick Lamar, who I think we could say most people respect as an artist, right? Yeah. 
Got a well, got a Nobel Prize. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Drake is is you know proudly from Compton, right? Who Kendrick Lamar is? Huh? Kendrick Lamar is from Compton. Yeah. Drake is proudly from Toronto. Yeah. Right. So let's let's leave. I'm I'm just using Kendrick as a as a um, a different example of of this. Although it's not the same thing, but Kendrick is in different things. We've seen him call himself stuff like the King of New York. Now, in general, in hip hop, you're from where you're from. You rep what you rep, and you don't saw claim in other places, right? Right. And just because that'd be weird in a hip hop context, but in general, like if somebody is from another place just because you live somewhere or you've been around some people and you have fun with people from a different city it doesn't mean you can say you're from that place you know well ugh. what about mc new york okay what about you know it? mc you know mc new york also known as tupac yeah because yeah. pac is i mean is from new york right I mean, yeah, he moved around. He's born in New York. He claims I'm in New York. He moves to Baltimore. Then he's like Mr. West Coast. I mean, dies in Las Vegas. I feel but, like he's a guy who def- and he dies at 25. I feel like he's a guy who's able to like try on a lot of different hats and pull them off. So convincingly. So here's what I mean, though, too. So the reason that the way you put it is different. So Kendrick calls himself King of New York as a way to diss the people from New York to say like you guys aren't up to par. When I come here, I'm the king of this place, and he just goes back and he's like whatever. When when Tupac says he reps California, like he really, really, really reps California. He's really a part of that culture, and he's like not just doing stuff in the music. He's getting involved with you know peace with the gangs and all that. That's different. Yeah. With Drake, Drake will like come to Memphis, do like two or three songs, be like, "Hey, I'm repping Memphis," and then he'll like in, in an album be like, "Hey, now I'm repping dance hall in Jamaica," and then he's like, "Hey, now I'm repping this other," you know, like these are different kinds of blackness in different cities. Like Memphis ain't Toronto, which ain't Miami, which ain't you know, like they're all different things. Yeah, but I, well, I, no, sorry, wait, no, sorry. you can go about ten. Well, his audience, which is largely white, doesn't know the difference. Or a lot of them don't know the difference. Don't know, like, oh, that's from, like, an African... That's from, like, an African hit song. And I'm doing Africa just to own it. I forget what country it was. So I'm not trying to do the whole thing of, like, all Africa is one country. I genuinely do not remember what country it is. Um, He takes, like... He takes, like, an African pop song, reworks it to, to his specifications and gets a hit out of it. Then he might do the same thing with Memphis. He might do other things with a lot of other styles. Um, and I don't know if his audience is aware that he's borrowing from a lot of different places. And this wasn't all available to him in Toronto. But then I've also heard the argument that Toronto is a really metropolitan city where maybe he does get all these influences. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, and again, his father's from Memphis. I mean, like, there's, there's reasons that some of the stuff would make some kind of sense. But, like... Toronto, while his base, he doesn't really rep himself as a Canadian artist, really. I mean, like, he he is a Canadian, but it's not, like, really... I, I just got to... African-Americans have a, a very particular appreciation from where they're from mm-hmm. and a protection of where they're from. And so to not only be a dude... And now this is kind of a different thing, too, but a person who typically is known for using... Um, 
you know, ghostwriters as well. Now, I don't feel like that. A lot of people use ghostwriters. I mean, that, in a lot of ways, that's whatever. But a guy like Pusha T is somebody who's known for, you know, trying to be pretty hands-on about that. Not that he doesn't use any ghostwriters, but, um, you know, to be somebody who kind of drapes yourself in different kinds of culture. Because the other thing, too, is like as he adopts these different cultures, he adopts the styles of how they do the music as well. And like, but he doesn't like really pay homage to them in a way a lot of people feel like is, and I'm not saying this is just a push of teeth thing. A lot of people have criticized Drake over the years for not really paying homage to these different places in a way that, you know, they feel like nurtures um, kind of the uniqueness of those places. Like he just kind of takes them and puts them on and then he's done with them. He's tired, he's done, you know. And then, then, then that's that. Um, can I ask, like, I feel like white artists have done that forever. I feel like mm-hmm. the Rolling Stones, that's their whole shtick. Yep. Is they're like, we're doing the Harlem Shuffle one day, and then we're doing, like, Brown Sugar, and then we're doing, like, all these different, we're stealing different types of blues music, um, depending on the song. And, you know, Elvis, obviously, is, like, the original guy to do the crossover. Mm-hmm. I mean, does that make? How is it different when, like, when Drake does it? See, that's that's what I'm thinking because the thing about question. Go ahead, Keith. Because the the thing about it, how I'm looking at it with with Drake is not. I don't think it has anything to do with blackness, but just being so involved in hip hop itself. Because hip hop is a a big combination. Like the most, when you think of like a real successful artist, especially nowadays. They incorporate a whole bunch of different styles. Like when you listen to a hip hop album, like to me, like most of the songs nowadays, they don't all sound the same from song to song to song. You know, just like when you talk about him making songs in Memphis with Memphis artists, like um, have y'all heard the song? What was it with the guy with Block Boy? Look alive. Uh-huh. Sounds like nothing Drake would ever put out. You know, but then again, you got. The song, what's the more Caribbean vibe? Like I need a one dance and stuff like that. So it's just a, it's just a mixture, and that's just all just a part of hip hop. But I don't think that Drake has ever came out to say anything to that's that's consciously black, if that makes any sense. Like how Kendrick Lamar or J Cole was saying, he's not black enough, and that's the extent of it. He's not black Hmm. enough. Yeah, I mean, he complains about people. I mean, there was a song he put out not too long ago. I thought it was a good song. I can't remember the name of it because it wasn't on one of his albums. But, like, it was probably a few months ago where he was talking about how... I mean, it wasn't only about this, but one of the things was... And he said this in in songs, you know, even singles way prior. I should say features, I guess. But uh, where the only time he really talks about his blackness is when it's like people feel like he isn't black enough. Like... And, you know, partially because of his mixed heritage. But I think the thing that that's because, you know, you're talking about how hip hop's changed and there's a mixture of how people do things. And I think there's something to that. But um, his his choice, I'm not going to make it any more deep than that. I'm not trying to be accusatory in any way, but his choice to not discuss things related to black social issues 
is one that people have always felt is a little weird. This kind like, of feels like a story. Sorry, I don't want to cut you off. No, that, 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 that's the extent of where I was going to go with that. This kind of feels to me like a story of OJ situation where OJ is like, I'm not black, I'm OJ. And I'm about to like get in all kinds of trouble. I feel like as a white person, as a white male, I can pretty much go anywhere and do anything without fear of like, you know, how am I reflecting on other white males? And like, do other white males approve of what I'm doing? Um, And, you know, is anybody going to negatively react to me being a white male? Like, I just don't, I feel kind of invisible a lot of places um, in a good way where like, this is not a problem. Like, I'm not worried about anyone projecting anything onto me. Uh, And I feel like, I don't think this is fair. I just want to like see if I'm getting this right. You can never escape being African-American in the sense of you can never escape the discrimination that people are going to impose on you or the expectations that people are going to impose on you. And it's just, is that what he's trying to do? Is he trying to, is he trying to say, look, I can do whatever I want. I'm not going to be locked into your prescribed rules for who I am. Yeah, because I I feel where you're coming from with that because that's how I feel about it. I don't think that just because a person is African-American or part African-American, whatever you want to call it, that doesn't necessarily mean that he has to make socially conscious music as an artist. That, that's not that's an expectation that, that we put on him. That's not one that he has to live up to. Right. So he, this is true. But he's also, look, imagine a situation, we're talking about branding too, right? Yeah. So imagine a situation where, I'm trying to think of somebody, let's say Jay-Z one day made a dance hall song. Because look, here's the thing, it's not just that, remember that like, Drake went up one day, for, I think it was like 2017, he was like speaking in a, in a Jamaican accent. Hmm. And it was only at the time when he had put out, he was doing a song like Rihanna and it was like that dance hall style and all that. Like, it's not only about him doing this, the different sorts of music. It's him embracing certain sorts of culture when he's in certain spots or doing, like, he's like, I'm, I'm this culture this time and I'm this culture this other time and I'm this part of the culture this other time. Like, doing <laughs> So music doesn't mean like you're different. You're representing like I, I'm. You know, like my accent has changed a little bit depending on like where I've lived. I've lived in a bunch of different places, but I wouldn't like depending on who I'm hanging with or like just because I'm trying to do a certain thing. I like I wouldn't try to be like today. I'm I'm talking like I'm from New York, and then the other day I'm talking like I'm from Memphis, and the other day I'm talking like you yeah. know when I was from Nashville, and the other day I'm talking like, like it's just. But, but you, know, you know what people, you call people stuff do. like that's whatever. But like he's projecting a brand, and he's doing it on purpose. Like he's not gonna be. It's like the way he projects himself to the world is dependent on what he's trying to sell at that moment. And so what Pusha T is trying to get it is he does not, he doesn't appreciate somebody jumping in and out of that kind of stuff and when drake put out his memo not a song to respond but a memo about him doing (laughs) the memo stated that he did it because as an actor as a black man as an actor 
he was only being given the choice to play certain sorts of roles. And as an artist, that's something that's I, I can you know say that that sentiment is something a lot of people feel. We know that. But if that's an important thing to you, so much so that you do, you know, because remember the guy who was the photographer. If you go back and look at what he said, it was Drake's idea to do this. Mm. And that's how strongly he felt about it. But then suddenly, when you're making money, it ain't important to talk about that issue. That ain't, kind of, that ain't he don't seem to care about being an actor anymore. Well, it's not just about being an actor. He said, I mean, like, art is art, right? So if you're saying you can only do a certain sort of thing, I'm, I'm honestly, I feel like he should be proud of what he's been able to do with music and do all kinds of different sorts of music that appeal to a lot of people. But if you feel like that issue was important, it's not like hip-hop has changed. In fact, like a lot of the ways trap music and mumble rap and all this stuff has happened in his era has has gotten worse. And not because of him. He happens to be working in the industry at that time. But he hasn't been like, hey, you know, I would love for other people to like, you know, get other opportunities and let's 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 do more rap that's like not about that kind of stuff or whatever. Like, he doesn't care. Or at least his rap branding <laughs> doesn't care. So, you know, I would, I, I hate to say anything like he, he genuinely doesn't care about where things are going and how things are portrayed in music, but as a brand, it's something he's chosen not to touch. <laughs> Drake doesn't care about black people. <laughs> His brand does not care. <laughs> and I think that's where you get people getting so offended. So on top of like not writing your own music, you know, and, and, and and then there's the thing about the guy that was the, like the big ghostwriter, Quentin Miller. Like he he kind of almost ostracized him from the industry, and like that, that's kind of a whole nother lane to get into another time. But you know, I mean, there's a lot of reasons people within the industry who are like, I guess you consider more like veterans. I mean, Drake is a veteran, but guys who have been in the game longer than he has feel like he's he's a culture vulture. Hmm. I don't know. It's, it's it's weird for me to hear about to hear about an African American artist being accused of cultural appropriation because it's like. Well, keep in mind he's Canadian. Yeah, he's Canadian and, 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 and he's half white. I get that, but it's like there's so many. Like, if we're getting in the line of people who should be criticized, he's like number zillion. I mean, because like. Some of the biggest artists, Rolling Stones, Elvis. And I, there's, I can almost name more artists who I don't think have culturally appropriated than artists who I think have culturally appropriated. I mean, like, it's so, it's so common. Like, every white artist has appropriated in some way. And why do all of them get a pass and he get called out? Yeah, but see, I, but to, to be fair, he's not a black person. We can't stop the the Robin Thicks and the Justin Timberlakes and the you know all these other people. Um, like, but at the same time, like, I wouldn't say like no one's ever. Well, no, that, that okay. I was about to say something really false. I was about to say no one's ever accused Eminem of that, and that would be really false. Right. But the thing, thing about him is, for example, you know, people feel like he's he doesn't like. 
Eminem, one, is a very talented, very talented artist. And is really well known for, like, you know, his own lyricism. And, you know, he's been a person who sold very well and all that. But, you know, I think as he became somebody who put out his second and third album, like, yeah, he had people like Rakim, like, this guy's a beast. Like, it's not, you know... He got his issues, and he be wild in the way he be talking about his mom and all that. But, like, I mean, we feel like this guy is, you know, to be respected. And you don't hear people who are legends in the game talk about how Drake needs to be respected for his lyricism. I mean, they, like, hey, respect, respect his branding and his sales, but, like, it ain't about his art. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, he can put together a hook, and people will give him plenty of credit for that. But, like, there are... I, I just think, you know, there there are reasons people came in him that way. And this this for him to be at the top of, of hip hop and to have such an embarrassing loss in a beef, like I think that, that it, it's it's deeper than just simply like he couldn't come with another song. I mean, that's bad. But there's some deeper rooted issues here when a black person is accused of, of being a culture vulture and they in no way really defend themselves for it. Like in all the beefs he's had, no one really goes there with him. Somebody finally did and he didn't have a defense. But was he going after him for being a culture vulture? Yeah. I don't know. It's funny to me. It feels to me like Drake got dragged into this like hip hop world that he's not really a part of. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't think he really claims to be a part of it. It would almost make more sense God, to go no. after Eminem. It would like almost make more sense to go after like an Eminem or someone who is like consciously presents himself as an as a hip hop craftsman. But he, I, but that it's funny you say because I don't think I almost feel like we're not giving like if we say that it's not. It's, I think Drake certainly aspires to be called a craftsman, and the fact that that we would say he's not. Is I think he would find that that you know a mischaracterization of what he's meaning to do with his songs. You know, I think Drake is a great pop musician whose primary tool is hip hop. Mm. And again, mm. I don't really like Drake. Like, I don't really like that many of the songs. Like, I'm not I'm not like a big fan. I just find it kind of middle of the road and boring. I'm like, but I just I get what talk. Else, other than like being sad and like girls who who haven't owned up to their part of of the bargain and and no new friends, yeah, it's like all talked about his whole career. You know, I like I like Drake, um, just because it, it is a little different, you know, than what you would normally get out of hip hop. Um, but I also feel like to me, I've never really thought of him as much of a hip-hop artist more than I think of him as being a very, very good actor. I think he's an actor portraying a rapper. And so, with that, I think he he looked at other people, you know, other rappers, singers, and he incorporated all of this and created his own persona. So, right now, what we think is rapping, he's really just a real good actor. I mean, but he obviously thinks he's a rapper. He got into a, he he entered the beef with Pusha T. Rapid. A, a, a good ass actor could play. I could play in the movie and play Martin Luther King Jr. and think I'm Martin Luther King. Yeah, but he broke. He, <laughs> he, broke, he broke character. You know. Yeah. What I mean? <laughs> 
Like he, he, he jumped in there. It was like, ooh, this shit hot. Exactly. <laughs> he just left. But but that's why I think I think that's what it is. I think he's a very I think he's very talented in that aspect. But I don't think he just woke up like like a lot of these cats that's like real rappers. And I'm not trying to say he's not a real rapper. But I think he is. Well, I, I am saying that I think he imitates a rapper very well. A rapper and a singer. He just saw people. I, I, there needs to be language for this, you know. I don't even know what I, to call it, but I think he's a he's very good at imitating stuff. And I think that I he, agree with that. I, I think if Drake had come out in like 1989, he'd be like an incredible new jack swing artist. And if he'd come <laughs> out in like 1972, he'd be like he'd be like a great like guy who takes elements of funk. Yeah. And if he came out in 1965, he might have been like a Marvin Gaye. It's what's ever popping. Like he taught himself Damn. how to sing. He didn't just wake up singing. You know how most like well, not as good. <laughs> uh, yeah, he. I mean, he ain't the best singer, but he taught himself. You know, and he tried. And you know, even with the rap, man. I, see, you bet, man. You gonna have R and B people just turn the podcast off right there. No, like, I'm not saying he ain't no R and B artist, but the point is, is that he. I think he studies music. He studies R and B. He studies hip hop, and he created Drake. I mean, Michael, Michael Jackson didn't commit that hard to like being the best, you know, R and B singer. I mean, like as a pure R and B singer, he's not the best, mm-hmm. but he's the best at doing everything. Exactly. Yeah. And it, now Prince fans are mad because ultimately, what what rap is when you think about it, a lot of it is is showmanship. It's like wrestling. Like you kind of get a thing. Like all of them are actors. Yeah. And performers. Of and, and you know you just get something, and some some of the best wrestlers are just real good performers, and they take from other wrestlers that came before them. Maybe a mixture of everything. Like John Cena is every motherfucking body. <laughs> yeah, you know. So I mean, I, yeah, that's a good point. I need forty five minutes to clarify whether I actually think Michael Jackson is better than Prince. <laughs> I think they're kind of. I think they're doing different things and should never be pitted against each other. I don't. Yeah, it's not for a comparison. Yeah, it's, it's it's not. I can't wait to like if, if we have a special episode one day, I'd love to get into that because it's not, it's a fun debate and the discographies are so wild. Like, cause there's some highs and there's some lows on both sides. Now, if you ask me who I prefer, like who I'm listen to, go to first is gonna be Prince. But that might just be that's just a personal preference. Prince's longevity is just ridiculous. I mean, he's putting good music until the end. And it's and it's I, not it's not all poppy stuff, you know. What I'm it's saying? not. Oh my god, like, some good stuff. In like there. it's some stuff that Prince say I couldn't imagine hearing Michael Jackson say. Did we yeah. just end? Did we just end the debate already? I, I mean, hey, yeah. I, I, I don't <laughs> think they. I think it goes back to what I'm saying. Like they're not comparable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, one is guitar, one is vocals. I mean, Prince yeah. is also good at vocals, though. It's like yeah, he is. But Prince, well, Prince can dance, but he can't dance like Michael. Michael's a better dancer. Yeah, but but they're both good performers in their own right, though. Have y'all seen that video of Prince, Michael Jackson, and James Brown on stage at the same time? No, No. I ain't seen that. Oh. I would probably have a walk. Oh, that's going in the show notes, baby. Oh, it's such an amazing... I'm not even going to ruin... Okay, that's all I'm going to tell y'all. I'm not going to ruin what happens when it it goes now, but so, James Brown concert... (laughs) James, you know, he's doing this whole thing. Like, y'all having a good time? Hey, well, uh, shut up, y'all. Mike Jackson, I'm saying, Mike Jackson, everybody. Shut up, and Mike shut Jackson, up, and he, he do something. I'm not going to remember what it is. He's like, all right, you know, Prince, 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 you over there. Come on over there. 
Prince come up, he is high as hell. I've never seen nobody that high in my whole life. And he jams. Oh my God, it's so incredible. Anyway, gonna put it on the show notes. Because if y'all ain't seen it, the audience probably ain't seen it. And it's fun as hell. That's what's up. I'm at a complete loss. Dude, it's so good. What? 1983? This sounds like my world. Are you looking at it right now? I just found it. It has the timestamp at the bottom. It's so amazing. Uh, anyway, so this is a good place to close. I think we're gonna play close with a good place. <laughs> close with a good fun place, especially since everything's sunshine and rainbows outside today. So uh anyway, hope you guys enjoyed this this discussion. Um we didn't re- we kind of went in circles, but I feel like you know, understanding where hip hop is now, like is is interesting because it's it's not in the place it used to be, and things are evolving and changing, and they're going to continue to do that. And I'm, I'm just curious to see where it goes. I mean, as Drake's new album comes out, uh, I'm, I'm really curious to see where he takes it, um, and if he'll address the the recent beef. It'll, it'll be, um, you know, tracking well for everybody, and it'll be of great interest, I'm sure. All right. So, hey, yeah. uh, you guys got anything you want to close with? Um. Bad and Bougie is still one of the best songs ever written. It is, man. Yes. It is. Also, uh, <laughs> check out Meanwhile in the Multiverse. Uh, this is another podcast performed by myself and Keith. Last episode we did was about uh, hip-hop, white people, and the N-word. Very interesting conversation there. Uh, Tim is also doing Shoot This Now podcast. Uh, what was the latest one y'all did? Was that the one about Stockholm Syndrome, or was that the one about the uh, gateway? Um, uh, um. I'm going to recommend a different one, actually. We're doing one this week on the, the new book about Bruce Lee. Um, Bruce Lee by Matthew Polly. That book is amazing. Okay. It's so good. I've been I've been losing sleep every night just staying up reading about it because it just gets better and better. Well, oh my goodness. that's dope. I need, to, I need to find a book like that that I can dwell into. Lately, I've just been reading it like boring. Like, I've just been reading on investing and marketing. Mm. It's kind of boring. I'm trying to get rich same, out here. I was though. in the same place. I didn't have a book, and then I got I started the Patty Hearst book that uh, Jeffrey Tubin wrote. That was really good. And then, man, this Bruce Lee book might be my favorite book. This thing's so good. What's hey? Oh. hey you gonna have to send it to me. We I gotta check it out. But um, yeah, I will. Okay, we'll put that in the show notes too, and the two podcasts so you guys can check it out. Uh, so in the meantime, look out for us. Uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll. God, but last time we we were so close to getting one uh, out weekly, and I was like, hell yeah, we in there, and now it's two weeks. But uh, hopefully, <laughs> we can stay on a bi weekly schedule and find something else real fun to talk about. So uh, until next time, guys, I'll see you in episode seven. All right, peace. All right, peace.